The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time to transform your life. Welcome to Direct Connect Empowerment with your host, Fee Mazanke. Our program will explore the concepts and ideas behind Direct Connect Coaching by introducing guests who are using or are aligned with this program and have used the ideas to transform their lives. It is our sincere hope that you can use this inspiration to do the same. Now, here is Fee Mazanke. Hi, welcome everyone. We do have a very terrific show for you today and always. And thank you for listening and sharing our message and radio show link of empowerment, coaching, inspiration, and a whole lot of things to make your life better. As you know, we begin each show with the boomerang effect. It's a very simple concept, keeping in mind that a boomerang, when it's thrown out, comes back to you. So in life, your boomerang is equivalent to what you throw out, and that is what you get back. And today's boomerang has to do with our upcoming holiday this weekend, Valentine's Day. Now, I want to tell you that 15 years ago, while I was in the shower, many ideas come while you're in the shower, I got the idea to start a Valentine's Day tradition in our family. And it's held ever since. And I call it the I love you because dinner. So each year since my daughter was two, and my son was five, we would make a very special Valentine's dinner. We would light candles and have everybody's favorites on the, di- on the dinner table. And we eat dinner, and then we go around the table, and we start out uh, expressing what we love about each family member. Now, you've got to understand this happened. My daughter was two. My son was five. So in the early days, it was uh, an adorable little two-year-old girl that would say things like, Jake, I love you because you're my brother. I'm not doing her, uh, a good two-year-old voice now. Um, but anyway, it was really great, and it's evolved ever since, and it's a really beautiful, wonderful experience. And we finish up this exercise by expressing the very important message to ourselves, I love myself because. Now, it's a very wonderful tradition because it gets children in the habit of telling their siblings that they, what they love about each other. It gives the children the opportunity to witness their parents expressing their love to one another. And most importantly, it gets everyone around the table in the habit of owning the very things that they love about themselves. Since love is our deepest truth, this tradition becomes a very powerful exercise in unleashing the truth from within. Now, last year, I got a chance to share this tradition with a friend of my children. Uh, We were at a track meet on Valentine's Day in Michigan, and I was really determined to continue the I love you because dinner tradition in Michigan. So I borrowed the apartment of my kid's friend to make a delicious steak dinner, 
And I actually included her in the I love you because tradition. I thoroughly enjoy sharing this tradition because I know how deeply profound it is. I would love to hear if you carry on this tradition and how it goes. So when you do, please send me an email at fee at directconnectcoaching.com and have fun sharing your love this weekend. Now let's meet our very special guest, Mark Rain. Welcome to the show, Mark. Hi, Fee. Happy to be here. Now let me give you a quick introduction of Mark. He is an avid 51-year-old CrossFit enthusiast husband and father of four. Professionally, Mark is a group accountant director uh, at Acuity Group, part of the Accenture Interactive. And check this out, everyone. On August 6, 2010, Mark's life changed drastically while driving home from work when a man intentionally drove his car head-on into Mark's car in a suicide attempt. Mark sustained a traumatic brain injury, broken neck, ribs, pelvis, and tibia. Mark was in a coma for an entire week and faced amputation of his right leg three times. Mark has fully recovered and has since produced record sales at Acuity Group and will participate in his third consecutive CrossFit Open this February. Expert medical care was critical to Mark's recovery, but equally important were investments Mark made years earlier in a healthy marital relationship, a healthy lifestyle, and complete forgiveness for the man causing the accident. What a story. So Mark, please chronicle the events. That was just a quick intro that I gave you. Chronicle the events leading up to your accident to give our listeners an idea of what happened that day on August 6, 2010? Yeah, see, so I was living the dream in the suburbs, and uh, I split my time between my office in Chicago and travel to clients. Uh, uh, my wife, Jane, uh, was a stay-at-home mom at the time with our four kids, you know, our three boys and our daughter. And it was a Friday afternoon, and I remember it very specifically because we were pursuing some very important work with a Chinese company, and we were convinced that we were going to be working very late uh, that Friday night. And uh, But we finished the work I'm like at 3 in the afternoon, and we kept uh, revisiting it and, and, and checking it over, but it was good. It was, it was ready. So Matt, one of my coworkers and I who were leading the effort, we caught the, uh, the 5 o'clock, 5, 5.04, something like that, express trains home. And... Uh, you know, I just, just remember that because I, I really thought that, that we were going to be working late that night. But, but that's the last thing I remember about that day or the, the last thing I remember for, for, for weeks after, uh, uh, to be honest. I, uh, I, I made it to my stop. You know, I got in my car. I was driving home from the train station. And I was less than a mile uh, from our house. As a matter of fact, I was right around the corner from my daughter's uh, elementary school when... Um, uh, uh, an 81-year-old gentleman by the name of George Smith, he had intentionally uh, changed lanes, uh, accelerating, and, and hit my car head-on. And he, he later, uh, he told the police he was angry, and, and he was, his intention was uh, uh, to commit suicide by, by running his car into a tree uh, in front of his sister-in-law's house. But uh, as he was about to go through with it, he decided 
that he was going to take someone with him. And uh, I happened to be uh, the car, driving the car that was the first one coming towards him. So I don't, I don't remember the crash, but I uh, have spoken with uh, the police officers and the firemen who were the first responders, and they, uh, they told me it was uh, one of the worst accidents that, that they'd seen anybody uh, survive. And, uh, and it, was, it was pretty bad. Like, like, like you said in the intro fee, it was, uh, there was a severe brain injury. I had a broken neck. My ribs were broken. My pelvis was shattered. My lower right leg was crushed, and I, uh, I had to go to the hospital in a helicopter. And uh, uh, Mr. Smith uh, walked away uh, with, a, with a broken arm. So it was kind of an interesting, you know, uh, a turn of events that, that the person who was trying to commit suicide broke his arm and, and I ended up, you know, with, with those extensive injuries. It's remarkable, Mark. And, and um, yeah, the 81-year-old man who survives with a broken arm and you, you know, having this very physically active, physically fit body, um, sustaining so many horrific injuries. I, I mean, it's amazing. So I, I know you said that you, after, after getting off the train and, and heading home, you don't really remember anything after that. So is it safe to assume then, Mark, that upon him coming towards you, you have no recollection of that at all? None, none whatsoever. And I actually, I think it's a blessing. I, sure. you know, that I don't, sure. I don't remember, I don't remember the accident at all. I, I drive past that spot where the accident happened, you know, sometimes three or four times a day. And there is, there's absolutely uh, no recollection or at all. Yeah. I'm sure it's the, it's your, the, the consciousness of, you know, protection really of keeping you, you know, keeping you safe from the memory of anything like that. That's amazing. Now, what were your initial thoughts, Mark, after you did finally regain consciousness? I mean, you were in a coma for over a week, right? Yeah, for a week. For a week. And um, then after you came to, what were your initial thoughts? Where were, where were you at and, and mentally at that time? It, I, I was in uh, I was in La La Land. Um, I, I, I talked to my wife Jane about it, and and she tells me that I recognized her, and I recognized my mom, but that was about it. So I didn't I didn't know where I lived. I didn't know that I had children. I couldn't tell you what year it was, or even how old I was. And it was it was that way for a while, for for a couple of weeks at least. Um, she tells me that my short-term memory was was limited to just minutes in length. So, I would see uh, uh, my lower right leg had had been crushed, and I would I would see it, and I would become alarmed. And Jane would say, "Oh, you were in a car crash, and uh, you need to lay still." And then five minutes later, I'd see my leg, and I'd have the same alarm, and I'd ask her the same question. And this this just kept happening over and over. And I just thank goodness, you know, for her that. In the beginning, I, I really wasn't awake uh, that much at first, but honestly, I have uh, very, very little memory of of probably the first six weeks after the accident. So that just goes to show our listeners, it kind of frames the extensiveness of this accident in, you know, to say, yeah, that you were, you basically, you were pretty messed up. <laughs> Yeah. I, I think it's safe to say you were pretty safe pretty, <laughs> pretty messed up. No, no real, uh, no real, 
memory and and recognizing your wife Jane you did you did know who she was or did it take you a little bit of time to identify her I think with her and my mom I think I knew that they were important somehow but the kind of the the con, you know the content there was no context I, I just I felt something but I don't think I really knew you know in depth what our relationship was yeah. So you rec- there was some recognition, but certainly nothing. You know, not knowing that this was your wife or this was your mother. No. No. Now, how about your feelings toward the eighty-one-year-old man who hit you head on, George Smith? What? Tell us about that, and tell us about what transpired there. Well, it it took me quite a while, Fee, to understand what had happened. Right. Um, But once I did, I I didn't really ever feel angry. If anything, I felt sad for him because by the time it started to make sense to me what what had happened and how I had gotten into the hospital and how all the damage had happened. and, And then I started to understand, okay, that somebody did this on purpose. And I was just convinced that he must have been very confused uh, to make the choices he did. We, we finally saw him in court much, much later. And he was in his orange jumpsuit. He did not look well at all. Um, you know, he apologized to us, uh, and we felt sorry for him. And, 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 and really the worst part was seeing his son. His son was crying pretty hard uh, in the courtroom. Um, and I, I mean, just can't imagine being in his spot, you know, having your dad put, put somebody through what, what we were going through. Um, in the end, I, I didn't disagree uh, with the judge for, for giving him time in jail for what he did, but I did forgive him. And, uh, you know, and I, and I, and I hope he's, uh, I hope he's recovering. Yeah. And I feel like that is, um, one of the many valuable messages that your story, your accident carries, Mark, is that one of forgiveness, because obviously it would be very easy for anyone who, um, you know, experienced something as traumatic as you did to hold on to um, resentment and anger uh, and even sadness towards this man. And uh, as I prepared for this interview, I really, I, it was all divine timing and, and divineness that happened. And I read this fantastic quote that said that the heaviest thing to carry is a grudge, so choose forgiveness. And obviously, that's what you did, Mark. So kudos to you. And I want to ask you so that the, the listeners get to understand what this is about. How were you able to focus your mind? on forgiveness and not carry that resentment towards him. You know, see, during my recovery, I, I was completely surrounded by faith and love. And you know, I've been frustrated at times during my, during the recovery process, but I mostly, I, I take that on as a personal challenge. When I, when I need to lean on the people around me, uh, uh, or when it gets really tough, I'll say a prayer. But never do I think about or or get angry uh, with Mr. Smith. It it will do abs. It won't do anybody any good. Uh, I pray for him. Uh, uh, I pray for the people who continue to help me. 
And, you know, I, I say thank you. Actually, I say thank you quite a bit for having my wonderful life back. Yeah, yeah. Um, and wh- what about your motivation and your focus to get yourself healed, Mark? Tell us a little bit about that. Well, the obvious answer, Fee, really is for, for my wife and my kids, right? Mm-hmm. But um, at a more basic level, I-, I wanted my life back. And it- it's funny because Jane, Jane thinks that the, the brain injury was a blessing in disguise uh, for the first few months at least because lying in bed for weeks and weeks and weeks, not being able to sit up more than 40 degrees, uh, if I wouldn't have had the brain injury, that would have driven me crazy. <laughs> so, I would imagine. Yeah, I, I'm sure she was right. Yeah. Yeah. So after, but after I got home, uh, my head finally got cleared up. I started thinking, you know, I, I, ha- I got to get out of this wheelchair. I got to get out of the house. I need to drive. I've got to get back to work. I've got to get to, back to CrossFit. I need to be up and at them. So those were the, you know, it was like a one step at a time kind of thing. I wasn't thinking too far down the road. It was just like, okay, this is, this is my challenge right now. Let's take this one on. And, and I took them one at a time. I had a lot of help and it, uh, and it worked. It really did pay off for you, didn't it? And it's really, you know, when you think about life and you think about goals and challenges that people face, doesn't it really always boil down to just that, Mark, where you just say, hey, let's get to the next step. Let's look at the, you know, instead of looking at the top of Mount Everest, we need to look at base camp and then we need to look at the next step and the next step so that you really do kind of break things down into manageable chunks. And so your focus became, you know, getting out of bed, getting out of the wheelchair, getting back behind the wheel, which I'm sure is probably a very scary proposition, right? First I time thought it would drove? be, but really, yeah. I, no impact at all there. Wow. And I, and I think it's completely because I have absolutely zero recollection of the, of the accident. Yeah, I would so imagine so. That was a so. blessing. Yeah. Just not, not even being able to recall events you know, beyond just driving home that day, it probably is the greatest blessing that you did have um, to not have to do that because otherwise fear, I'm sure, would have paralyzed you and prevented you from doing any of that, driving, you know, getting up out of bed, getting out of the wheelchair, driving and doing any of those things, right? I, I yeah, I, I think it would have been much more difficult. Yeah, I would, I, I definitely would um, imagine. And I work with people regularly on releasing fears and and some of the conscious memories or even unconscious memories or fears that happen. And I've seen the results of that. So um, in, and I've said this on the radio show so many times before to our listeners, one of my favorite quotes is, in every difficulty, there is a seed of grace. And so your seed of grace certainly was not having that memory and, and not having that, you know, memory to kind of par- have a paralyzing fear that was ingrained in you, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So what we're going to do now is we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back to talk more with Mark about um, his accident and this whole concept of how he headed on into forgiveness. So thanks for listening. We'll be right back with Mark Rank. <laughs> We're 
on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world. And that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. Do you want to directly impact your business results, improve the quality of your life, learn to empower yourself, or move through roadblocks to create more success for yourself? If so, directly connect with Fee Mazanke at Direct Connect Coaching. Fee is an expert in the field of coaching with over 14 years of experience. Go to www.directconnectcoaching.com to learn more about Fee's empowering programs. Fee works with individuals and delivers keynote messages that are inspiring and uplifting. Experience what Fee has to offer at directconnectcoaching.com. Social media is important to your business, but you might not know how to do it right. Doing social media yourself can be a challenge. I have discovered a company that gets it done for you. They post seven times a week to Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Google+, and they can monitor reviews on over 45 sites at a price any business can afford. Get more information at GetSocialWithFee.com and get your free analysis to determine your company's social media effectiveness. Visit GetSocialWithFee, that's F-I, and find out more today. Because doing it wrong is worse than not doing it at all. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Direct Connect Empowerment. To reach Fee Mazanke or her guest on the program today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Now back to Direct Connect Empowerment. And welcome back. And I do want to encourage anyone that has questions of Mark about this remarkable, you know, there is a little pun in that, right? Um, Remarkable story. Mark's remarkable story of heading on into forgiveness, um, please, by all means, uh, pick up the phone and, and call in because um, this guy is an inspiration. And I met Mark through our neighbors. And uh, because because of your role, Mark, and your significance and the impact of many people just by being you, just by who you are, um, people around you, are uplifted and they say, hey, if Mark can do it, I can do it because of all of the events that happened, um, you know, leading up to the accident and then obviously post-accident. So let's talk a little bit, Mark, about the significant changes that occurred in your life since the accident and what you noticed was very different about your life since the accident. Well, see, post-accident... I know this is hard to believe, but there were additional major challenges. Prior to the crash and uh, and during my recovery, our oldest son, who was uh, just 16 at the time, uh, as a matter of fact, he turned 16, I think, while I was still in a coma. He was abusing drugs and alcohol. And uh, Jane and I had to had to make some diff- had to make a very difficult decision on how to help him uh and i i'm 
fairly certain I was still in a wheelchair when when uh, this this happened. But we had to make a decision to send him to boarding school in Montana, where he would be safe and uh, where he would be able to graduate from high school. And and so while my uh, while I was rehabilitating, he was uh, to some extent rehabilitating in Montana. And over the course of a year, uh, we saw him just three times. And uh, uh, we wrote. Uh, we wrote quite a bit uh, back and forth with him. Uh, we were allowed to speak with him uh, every other weekend. And those were supervised calls. And it was, um, you know, it was a very, it was a very sad uh, time for our entire family. But, uh, uh, but I'm happy to say now that that he has he returned. He graduated. He returned. He is a junior in college. He's doing fantastic. He's on track to graduate, and uh, and we couldn't be happier uh, or more proud of him. And um, I think it's I think it's some of the foundation foundational elements of our relationship that Jane and I have that helped us that helped us to manage through that uh, situation and, and help our son. Uh, it's it was just a continuing continuation of the same things that came to bear that that helped us get through the uh, the trauma uh, from the accident. So this is an amazing part of the story, which I wasn't sure if you were going to share or not, Mark. So thank you for having the courage to share that about your son. So, you know, you're recovering, you're, you're going through this um, rehab from this horrific accident, and at the same time having to make the difficult choice and decision to send your son off to boarding school in Montana. And all of this happening, you know, during this time, you want to talk about, you know, not just one head-on thing that you were, you and Jane were experiencing together and your family as well. But I mean, those are two major, major family life-changing events. And still through it all, you maintained a tremendous amount of faith, a tremendous amount of, of trust, and a tremendous amount of focus that you were all going to get through it together. Is that right? Yeah, that's, I mean, I don't, I think that's the only way we made it, to be honest with you. If we wouldn't have had those elements, if we hadn't been building such a strong relationship between the two of us, Jane and I, if we didn't have a strong faith, if we didn't believe uh, that he, you know, that he could be, he could be saved, he could be safer, he could be successful, um, you know, I don't, I don't think we would have done it, but that's just, that, that those weren't the kind of people that we were, right? That's that's what we believed in, and and so we were, we had the strength to take it on, but it was it was really hard. Yeah, I would imagine so. I would imagine so. And the the one question mark that I think people ask, and um, in, in my coaching practice, I've had people come into my office, sit on my purple couches in the office, or oh, you know, I work with people uh, around the country and and in Canada as well, and and they do say this question. So it it made me want to ask you, why you, Mark? Why you? You know, see, you're not the first one to ask me that. And I, I went on a uh, uh, a men's retreat at our parish, 
and the same question came up and they were they, they were they were somewhat taken I don't want to say taken aback but they 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 couldn't believe when I answered it this way and this is what I said when you say why you mark I say why not me really I was probably the best person to take that hit I was driving the right car I was in fantastic physical condition what if it had been someone's teenager what if it was a mom and her kids driving something that wasn't as safe as my Volvo I was driving the right car I could take it Uh, maybe I was coming home from work on time for a reason that day I believe that for sure Mm -hmm. yeah so why not me you know, exactly. isn't that isn't that interesting? Because we often see, and you know, you're the best person to answer that question with a question, by the way, because we often see people get stuck in victimization, and they get stuck in in the in the process of, you know, feeling resentment, feeling blame, feeling anger, and here you are saying. Why not you? Because you had the right car, you were in supreme physical fitness, your nutrition was, you know, so so great um, back then too, and even better now. So why not you? Why not you? That's an amazing turn of a question that can really open up to so many possibilities. And I feel, Mark, because I asked you this in our pre-interview time together when we spent time talking about the possibility of you being on the show. And I asked you that, and that was the one thing that really resonated with me that I, as a coach, I say, that's what opened you up to the possibility of healing and getting your life back is, is, is that, that question of yourself saying, Yes, I, you know, why not me? Because if it were someone else, no one else would have survived. You said that to me. You said no one else would have survived this but me. And that is true. Yeah, amazing, amazing. Mark, your focus on fitness and nutrition is fantastic. What advice do you have for our listener in these departments? Well, it's funny because... There's a lot of reasons um, to be fit and to eat right, and and we we hear them all the time, right? Um, for me, it's there's a lot of fun. Uh, I, I don't know if everybody listening knows what CrossFit is, but there's a there's a whole community aspect to it. So it's it's a lot of fun to be part of the CrossFit community. Um, it's uh, you know we get functionally fit, we eat clean. Um, I know there's obvious benefits, but uh, being able to sustain the kind of impact I took, I, I don't think it would have been possible if I hadn't have been in, in, in the, the shape I was in. Um, in addition, we were in the middle of something we call the, the, the paleo challenge. So it's a, it's a, a month-long challenge where we, we, we eat strictly according to the, the, the paleo diet. I don't know if you've heard of it, but um, you know, you keep a you keep a, a food log, and then you turn it into your to your coach, and you know they they uh, score you based on on uh, how close to the paleo protocol you're sticking. And um, 
so we were right in the middle of that. Um, I was feeling fantastic, and um, and you know after the accident, or while I was you know being treated immediately after the accident, the doctors discovered that I had zero toxins in my bloodstream. So this, um, they had been giving me some medicine. My brain was swelling pretty badly, and they had given me some medicine to to, to reduce the swelling. Um, and they would have had to wait some significant amount of time before they gave me the second round of that medicine. But once they saw that I had no toxins uh, in my blood, they were able to give it to me 12 hours earlier than if I wasn't clean. And and they, um, when I talked to them later about it, they said there was a, they're almost positive they would have had to, to cut my skull open uh, to relieve the pressure uh, because they couldn't give me that, that second dose uh, soon enough. So uh, being fit, uh, uh, being clean, that, that paid off for me big time in a way that, you know, I never would have imagined. Obviously, yeah, obviously, there, again, going into the accident, you, you could not have been more physically prepared, both from a fitness level and a nutrition level, um, because clearly that was what ended up happening to you. Uh, you know, not having to wait 12 hours to get the medicine to reduce the brain swelling or have your skull opened up to, you know, to, to really go through all this. Um, if that's not an inspiration to people to really say, gosh, that really does make a difference. I mean, the fact that you were so clean, your diet was clean, um, that you were able to do that, it, it, I'm sure ultimately it saved your life or saved you from some more traumatic or difficult um, recovery time or things that you had to recover from. I'm sure that's the case, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm convinced. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you're about to embark upon the CrossFit Challenge, and I know this CrossFit community is something that you you embrace, you totally believe in. I said that you should be the poster child for CrossFit because you are, <laughs> you are it, right? Um, tell us a little bit about that challenge. And now, four and a half years later, what you are doing post-head-on uh, collision and, and, and how remarkable this is. So tell us about that. Sure, sure. So in, in CrossFit, it's, it's all about functional fitness. We do, you know, we do a lot of body weight movements, so pull-ups, push-ups, uh, sit-ups, uh, air squats, those kinds of things. Uh, we also do a lot of um, powerlifting or Olympic lifting, uh, weightlifting movements. Uh, so, you know, deadlift, everything from deadlifts to, to clean and jerk. And um, these, it's, these movements are all programmed into, into different workouts that we do um, five or six times a week. But um, what's coming up is, is an event called the CrossFit Open. And it's a, it's a worldwide event. It starts on February 26th, and this will be my third consecutive year competing. Uh, what they do is, is over the course of five weeks, uh, they'll have one workout uh, per week that's published, and you perform the workout, and that workout is judged by a, a certified CrossFit judge, and then that workout is scored. And then your scores are posted, and you see how you stack up by your gender, uh, age, region, you know, all of those types of things. 
um, and, 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 you know, see how, see how you've performed against the world. And, uh, it's just, it's a lot of fun. And, uh, and you can see how year over year, how the hard work you're doing every week is paying off and how you're getting better at, 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 at one particular movement or another. But if you do really well, and I'm, I'm not in this category, but if you do really well, you qualify for regional events. And then if you're at the top of the pack in the regions, then you actually make it to the CrossFit Games uh, out in California that, that usually happens in the summer. And it's on ESPN, and, and it's, it's uh, you know, for us enthusiasts, it's, it's something we all watch pretty closely, and we all have, you know, some of our favorite athletes. And, and sometimes we see people we know there. We've, you know, I've seen a, I've seen a, a couple of folks uh, that I've met uh, through the gyms here in, in Chicago uh, uh, compete out there. So it's, it's, it's a lot of fun, and, and, I, and I really like it. It's, uh, uh, it's called the, you know, it ends up at the, uh, the event that it ends up at is called the CrossFit Games, and I encourage people to, to check it out. Yeah, and what a what a great way to measure your progress and measure the results year after year. But more more importantly than that, and this is what I don't know if the the listeners I I'm a really good listener. Being a radio show host and a coach, you have to listen really well, and I'm a good listener. And so, what was amazing about that answer to that question was that you said, Mark, this was your third consecutive year competing in this challenge. Yes. And so that means that a year and a half post accident you were already competing in your first challenge. Yeah, I was one of the one of the motivators fee was to get back uh to the CrossFit box, get back to my friends and start doing those movements again and it 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 was something I was very determined about when, you know, when it when I started to be able to move again, I was like, okay, that's that next step. And, and so honestly, a lot of my, um, physical therapy, um, a good portion of it, I just did it at the gym and, uh, it, it's, it's paid off uh, pretty well. Well, and just using that as a motivator to, you know, one of the things that I really know about life and people in their life experiences is that, that if as they feel more joy, things come easier in you know to your life, and so that obviously the the whole idea of CrossFit brings you so much joy that that became your motivation to get yourself well. And a year and a half post accident, you were competing already, and I think that's a really you know again it's a remarkable recovery um, that I want people to understand what's possible when you have the focus, when you have the faith, when you have the drive, when you have the determination. And that is all these things that are encompassed in your characteristics, Mark. And we've got to take another break. And when we come back, we'll continue talking to Mark Rain uh, about his head-on collision and how he recovered. So we'll be right back. up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Social media is important to your business, but you might not know how to do it right. Doing social media yourself can be a challenge. I have discovered a company that gets it done for you. They post seven times a week, 
to Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Google+. And they can monitor reviews on over 45 sites at a price any business can afford. Get more information at GetSocialWithFee.com and get your free analysis to determine your company's social media effectiveness. Visit GetSocialWithFee, that's F-I, dot com, and find out more today. Because doing it wrong is worse than not doing it at all. Do you want to directly impact your business results, improve the quality of your life, learn to empower yourself, or move through roadblocks to create more success for yourself? If so, directly connect with Fee Mazanke at Direct Connect Coaching. Fee is an expert in the field of coaching with over 14 years of experience. Go to www.directconnectcoaching.com to learn more about Fee's empowering programs. Fee works with individuals and delivers keynote messages that are inspiring and uplifting. Experience what Fee has to offer at directconnectcoaching.com. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are tuned in to Direct Connect Empowerment. To reach Fee Mazanke or her guest on the program today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Now back to Direct Connect Empowerment. And we're back talking with Mark Rain. And uh, Mark was involved in, four and a half years ago, was involved in a head-on car collision and really has experienced some significant life changes as a result of that accident. And what I feel is so deep and so profound about Mark's story is um, the attitude that he carries with this, uh, this you know, accident and really making the best and making the most of his life um, post-accident. And so what I want to ask you now, Mark, is how your priorities have changed since the accident. Oh, Fee, this is a quick answer. Um, my priorities really haven't changed, but I'd say my some of my characteristics have. I'm a, I, I, and, and my, my wife will agree with this, I'm a much more patient and nicer person than I was before. I, I'm not sure, how, you know, how this process caused that to happen, but I'm, I'm, I've definitely changed in that way. Um, uh, I appreciate things more than I did before. And uh, I do trust God on a much deeper level uh, than I did before. And so as part of the accident, you do not recall having a near-death experience, right? Not at all. Okay. And so, and, and none of the medical records prove that either, or did they? I, I'm not really sure. I didn't ask you that question ever. No, um, no, quite, quite to the contrary. When uh, I talked to the first uh, police officer on the scene, um, I was trapped in my car. It was somewhat crushed on top of me. They had to take me out with the jaws of life, but I was awake. Wow. And I was yelling for him to please get me out of the car. And um, it wasn't what he knew was that as soon as they cut me loose, 
that all of the pressure on me was going to be relieved and that my, my blood pressure was going to drop immediately and I'd go into shock. So he waited until all the, the right uh, medical equipment and medical people were there uh, before they started on that. But no, I, um, as, far as, as far as I'm aware, no, there was, uh, death was never part of the equation. Okay, okay. Um, so I find it interesting, too, that one of the things you said was that you trusted God more. Um, prior to the accident, did you, you tell me a little bit about your relationship with God and, and were you asking for more trust or greater trust? I'm just curious about that. You know, um, I've never been the type of person to ask God for much. Um, the, the, most I, the most I would ever talk to God was, you know, when I was saying thank you because I've had such a fantastic life that uh, whenever I, you know, whenever I did go to talk to him, it seemed like I was saying thank you. Um, uh, specifically, I remember in 1992, I think it was, yeah, 1992, Jane and I were in Hurricane Andrew down in Miami, and oh. we were in the house when the hurricane came through. And um, that was, uh, you know, our our bodies were telling us that uh, the end was near, let's just put it that way. Um, and we, we prayed pretty hard about that while we were, well, you know, we lived through it, obviously. But afterwards, there was a lot of thank yous. But it's not a, I'm, it's not like I have a constant dialogue going. Um, but it seems that after this, it's much more about, okay, um, you know, live, live right, uh, live the way God wants you to live, uh, be respectful of the things he wants you to be respectful of, and, uh, and appreciate that, that he does have, uh, that he does have a plan. Yeah. So it's really knowing, knowing and trusting the existence of something much greater than you. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, and I'm curious too. Um, did you ever experience any anger with God about your accident? No, um, not at all. Uh, uh, you know, God is good. Uh, never doubted it once along the way. Uh, it was God. It was our faith, uh, our community uh, that that gave us the strength to get through the dark days. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, what do you now know is important in your life and in the world compared to where you were prior to the accident? Uh, um, well, just, just as before the crash, um, I have a very demanding job, lots of time. Um, you know, I missed a lot of the kids' day-to-day stuff, uh, and so I got to be more involved with it, uh, you know, in, in that in that time that I got to spend at home. Then, um, you know, and then and then our son being taken out of the out of the equation, um, it just it it gives me uh, a better appreciation for for relationships with 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 my kids and 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 and, and our family than I than I had before. So really, it had um, a significant impact on the relationships, not just in a physical way, because you said because of your demanding job going into the accident, um, you know, you missed so many things that the kids were doing, but 
you, you got a chance to be with the kids kind of slowed you down, basically, or forced you in to be with it the really kids. It really did. Yeah. It really yeah. did. Yeah. And I think sometimes when when people are so driven and, you know, driven towards success, I think sometimes some of these things happen so that you can kind of dial it back and take a look at what is important um, and how, you know, how to nurture those things that are important. And, and would you say that nurturing those relationships, the relationship with Jane, the relationship with your children, that that was really kind of the benefit that you got from all of this was the time absolutely absolutely without a doubt yeah yeah that i think is really fascinating that it it really you know took the accident to slow you down enough to say hey that i care about you and here's how i'm gonna do that and express that and 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 share that and show that to you huh let's talk about now mark um what is it that keeps you going? What keeps you enthusiastic throughout the day? Tell me a little bit about your mindset, your attitude, and things that you focus on now throughout the day. Oh, well, my job is interesting, and uh, mm-hmm. it is important to our family. So, sure. um, you know, that's a focus, and I'm excited to do well there. Um, uh, uh, Jane and the kids, uh, at, at least the three that are, that are still at home, they're, they're fun to come home to. Uh, uh, as much as I enjoy the, the, the workouts at, at CrossFit, um, I think I enjoy my friends there uh, just as much, and if not more. And then, uh, you know, it's always uh, important to have a great dog. And, and <laughs> we have, <laughs> so we have Boo. Uh, you know, who, uh, and, and he came to us, uh, after I got home from the hospital, uh, because we needed, uh, you know, we needed some, he was kind of like my therapy dog. So Boo is a English Mastiff and, uh, 165 pounds of love. He's, he's a great dog. So, you know, those are the, those are the types of things that I think about when, uh, I need a little something to keep me going. Yeah, well, the the unconditional love of a pet. I we I don't have dogs. Uh, I did growing up, but I I'm a cat person. But the the cats. I, I think the unconditional love of pets. It's, it really does bring that energy in, and it does help facilitate healing. And he has helped our family heal so much, and and the kids all just love him to death. It was it was one of the. It was Jane and my daughter stopped by this puppy shop that was right next to our church on the way home from church because Julia just wanted to pet a dog. Okay, we're not getting a puppy. Next thing you know, I'm getting text messages <laughs> with pictures of Boo and Julia with their arms around him. And I said, okay. Let's bring him home. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I think we have to listen to our children because they are gifted at knowing what is going to, again, I think you have to listen to them and say they know what the family needs. They know what's going to benefit and bring value and bring love. And obviously Julia wise in her, in her youth, wise in her youth to say, Hey, we need to have a puppy. Right. (laughs) 
Yes, yes, yeah. Listening yes. is a skill, and I, I think I'm starting to get that one now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure. So um, one of the things that I wanted to uh, quickly ask you about was the job. You said the job is really important. Obviously, it's a focus. And your job uh, results improved post-accident. Tell me a little bit about that. Well, I... um. Uh, the, the company that I work for, Acuity Group, um, which is now part of uh, Accenture uh, since then, but um, they were fantastic with me uh, in my return. Um, you know, it was still mentally, it was still slow going at first, but they um, uh, they gave me uh, basically uh, an intern type job to do 20 hours a week from home on a machine, you know, putting together some case studies or some other materials and and they helped me kind of ramp back up and get into it. And, and once I got there, I just said, all right, so what, what's the biggest thing that I missed? You know, what, what happened that was big, that's important, that we'd like to do some more of while I was gone? And I was, you know, I had a kind of a clear plate, right? I didn't have, you know, 75 other things going on. I was kind of back and fresh. And, and so I, I uh, you know, I, I, I saw the, uh, the work we were doing for a company, and I said, you know, okay, we need to go find another one of those and do that same type of work, but bigger and better. And and I was actually I was able to do it. I uh, I, I I found a, a, a client and um, started doing work there. And after about six or eight months, uh, I was able to uh, I was able to close the, the 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 biggest deal in our company's history. So um, it's you know it's. Uh, it's it's been uh, it's been a good good ride at work as well afterwards. Yeah, and I think here's my my takeaway from that. You asked the right questions. Basically, your focus was how can I add value, and you found the answer, and you got the client, and that's that's what I'm taking from that as I interpret it. You know, from my perspective. Yeah, absolutely. I'm coming back. I need. I need to be. You know, I need to do something that that drives. Uh, you know what we're, we're trying to drive, and um, and I had to go see. You know, I, I it was like I went into kind of into learning mode a little bit, sure. and um, and once it all clicked, then uh, then we were off to the races. And before we wrap up, Mark, what was your greatest takeaway from the accident? Well, it's about people, uh, really. Uh, to start with, uh, it, it became abundantly clear that Jane, my wife, uh, she's a gift from God. Her her strength, her love, compassion, helping me get through this has been amazing. Um, our love for each other, it, it was strong before, but it's grown considerably through the process. Um Along those same lines, our friends, family, or the different communities we belong to were amazing. Uh, we're forever grateful uh, to everyone who, who loved us and, and supported us uh, after the accident. In, uh, in August of, of 2011, we had, a, we had a party to celebrate uh, that we'd made it through the first year, and we had something like 200 people showed up, including all of the first responders from the police department, the chief of police, uh, what seemed to be the whole fire department, they came on two big trucks, parked them in our cul-de-sac, uh, you know, got to hang out with a, a bunch of the firemen who were the first ones there at the accident. It was, it was, it was overwhelming, and, and, and uh, I'll never forget it. 
Well, I would say, Mark, that you have a life worth celebrating. And obviously, people recognize that. Obviously, uh, the people in the community uh, wanted to honor that and, and show you that you are worth celebrating. And I think that is a, it's a wonderful demonstration of who you are as a human being and the lives that you have touched in your recovery and in you know what you have accomplished since the accident. So kudos to you. I, uh, I really I'm, I feel blessed and honored to have had you on the show today. I really feel and believe that people have an opportunity to take your story, use it as inspiration, use it as motivation to do and, and know that anything is possible and that whatever you want to focus on is yours for the taking as long as you focus on the things that you want, as long as you focus with determination and take the steps along the way that you can do it. And there are going to be tough times. There's going to be darkness in, in the process, but that you, you know, that you can do it. So thank you so much for your participation and, um, and your consideration for being on the show today, Mark. I really appreciate it. You're welcome, Fee. Thanks for having me on. And we always thank our troops for their unselfish service to our country and to its citizens. Thank you to the listeners for your loyalty to our show. We'll be back with a new show next week. And until then, have an inspired week. Thank you again for joining us this week on Direct Connect Empowerment. Fima Zanke will be back with another guest next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll see you then.